ان الحمد لله نحمده تعالى ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فيا عباد الله Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he said in his book Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu O you who have iman Ittakullaha haqqa tuqatih Have taqwa of Allah As he deserves to have taqwa of Have fear of Allah As he deserves to be feared وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ And do not die except as Muslims. Do not die except in a state of Islam. Islam, that is, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, submitting to Allah by worshipping Him alone. Surrendering to him by obeying him and distancing yourself from shirk and the people of shirk. This is what Islam is and Allah in this ayah commands you to die like that. Die not as anyone or anything except a Muslim. One of the great leaders of Islam, one of the great khulafa, by the name of Umar ibn Abdul Aziz radiallahu ta'ala anhu a great grandson of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu this great Khalifa Umar ibn Abdul Aziz even though he was a Khalifa just for two and a half years approximately and he died at the young age of 40 he lived a righteous life. And thus when it came to him at the point of death, then he says to those that were with him, sit me up. Get me to sit up. So they sat him up. And then he says, Ya ilahi, oh my ilah, oh my God. أَنَا الَّذِي أَمَرْتَنِي فَقَصَّرْتُ I am the one that you, O Allah, commanded, yet I was deficient. وَأَنَا الَّذِي نَهَيْتَهُ فَعَصَيْتُ I am the one that you, O Allah, you told me not to do certain things and I disobeyed you. He says this at the point of death. And he says it three times. But then he says, وَلَكِنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ However, no God deserves to be worshipped except Allah. And then he says, he starts to look very intensely. And so those that were with him, his sister Fatima, his brother-in-law, they say, يَا أَمِيرُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ you're looking with an intense stare. So then he says, 
إني لا أرى حضرة ليس بإنس ولا جان Indeed, I can see an attendance in front of me that are not human beings, nor are they jinn. In another report, he says to Fatima and his brother-in-law, leave the room. Everybody get out of the room. So they go outside and they're listening. They can hear Umar ibn Abdul Aziz in, in the room by himself talking. What is he saying? He says, Marhaban. Marhaban bihadihi al-wujuh. Welcome, welcome to these faces. Wujuh. Laysat bi wujuhi ins wala jan. These faces that are not the faces of a human being, nor the faces of a jinn. And then he recites from the book of Allah. Tilka darul akhirah. Naja'aluha lilladhina la yuriduna uluwan fil ardi wala fasada. That is the dar of the akhirah. That is the home of the afterlife. We make it for those who aren't haughty upon the land and those that don't cause corruption. And the good result is for the muttaqeen, for the pious ones. Sign of a husnul khatim. Sign of a good death. Because later on, after they heard a long period of silence, his sister and his brother-in-law walk into the room and they see Umar ibn Abdul Aziz with his eyes closed, lying facing towards the Qibla. Husnul Khatima for him, insha'Allah. A good end for him. Signs of a good end for him, insha'Allah. But the question that we should be asking ourselves is how do we get that? This is what Allah has asked us to do in the previous ayah. Don't die except that you are Muslim. Die righteously. How? How do you die righteously? Every single one of us know that there's going to come a time for us to leave this world. There's the unknown that we're going to enter into. None of us know what condition we're going to be in when the soul leaves our body that's unknown to us i don't know you don't know what's going to happen you're going to be by yourself nobody around you is going to be there for you once you leave it's the unknown however what you do know is that you are going to leave how do you leave like that how do you leave righteously how do you depart from this world righteously the answer it's quite simple. Live righteously and you'll die righteously. Nobody is ever known to have lived righteously but then had an evil end. Someone that continued upon righteousness and then dies an evil end. No one is ever known to have died with an evil end if he lived righteously and continued upon that righteousness. Work towards it. Jannah is not something that is free. It is not something that you don't have to put any earnings towards, any work towards. Allah has said, Laysa bi amaniyikum. Laysa bi amaniyikum. Wala amaniyi ahlil kitab. It isn't based upon your wishful thinking. You don't get Jannah by your wishful thinking. 
the people of the book, the Jews, the Christians, they don't get Jannah by their wishful thinking. They say, Nahnu awliyaullah wa They say, we are the awliya of Allah. We are the beloved ones to Allah. This is just amani. This is just wishful thinking. You don't get Jannah by wishful thinking. You got to earn it. You got to work towards it. You got to start living righteously. Once you start living righteously, however, then there's something that you have to be prepared for. What's that thing that you have to be prepared for? If you start living righteously, that is ibtila, trials, calamities, problems in your life will come your way for definite. Once you start living righteously, now you have a choice. When the problems in your life come, either you, you, you stay firm or you start to shake and you become weak in your deen. Allah Jalla wa ala, he has said in his book, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ عَلَىٰ Among mankind are those people who worship Allah upon the edge. فَإِنْ أَصَابَهُ خَيْرٍ إِطْمَأَنَّ بِهِ وَإِنْ أَصَابَتْهُ فِتْنَةٍ قَلَبَ عَلَىٰ وَجْهِهِ If good comes to him in his life, then he's satisfied with that. But if fitna, if trial and tribulation comes and afflicts him, he turns upon his heels. He becomes weak in his deen. Oh, some leave their deen in their entirety. He lost the deen and he lost his dunya. That is absolute manifest loss. Some people, they come to the deen. Either they become Muslim or they start becoming mustaqeem. They start praying, start coming to the masjid, start coming to lessons and what have you. And when life is going good, when marriage is going good, when social company is good, when work is good, when your career progression is going fantastic, what do you say? Oh, this must be because of, because of the deen. I've started practicing and now, mashallah, life is sweet, life is good, life is nice. They start praising the deen. Why? Because since I came to the deen, my worldly life, my material life has improved. But then when the inevitable problems start coming in his life, then you start to see him becoming weak. We start to lose focus. Problems within marriage, problems within income, bills start increasing. You lose your job. Your business starts to lose its profit. You start to, your child becomes sick. You've got problems with your children, for example. You have problems with your friends, for example. You start to face calamities in life and you say, brothers, I can't come to the masjid anymore. You're not going to see me at the masjid anymore. Why? I've got too much on. I've got too many problems in my life. Let me sort out my problems and then I'll start coming. This is the, this is the type of people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is warning us from becoming in that ayah. That when problems come in your life, don't let that cause you to become Weaken your deen because you have got no excuse. If you think problems in your life are an excuse 
for becoming weak in your deen, weak in your salah, weak in attending the masjid. Then the messenger والسلام, is the first person to have an excuse. There is no prophet and no messenger that tasted more pain, more problems, more calamities than your messenger Your messenger tastes the bitter feeling, the bitterness of being an orphan. Even before he comes into this world, while he's still in the womb of his mother, his father passes away. When he reaches the, the age of six, his mother passes away. Think about it. You go pick your kids up from school, and there's a little kid over there. He's being picked up by someone else, and everybody says, poor so-and-so. His parents, they passed away when he was a little kid. Yet here is a messenger, والسلام, never saw his father. Mother passes away when he's six. His grandfather takes care of him. Two years later, grandfather passes away. Before he even reaches the age of maturity, he's tasted the, the bitter taste of losing your loved one. The messenger, والسلام, loses Abu Talib. The messenger, والسلام, loses Khatija even though he loved her dearly. Allah's Messenger والسلام, those that have lost a child before or know somebody who's lost a child before you know it's not a small thing it's a very 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 painful thing to lose a child of yours every single son every single daughter of the Messenger والسلام, passed away died left this world before him imagine that not just one child of yours, every single son and daughter of yours dies before you die, except Fatima anha. That is what you call ibtila. That is what you call trials. The Messenger والسلام, he faces persecution. The Messenger والسلام, he has he's strangled and throttled. And then he's laid, he's made to lay upon the floor, panting away. You say so-and-so, he got attacked the other day. But what is his attack against what the Messenger went through? Humiliation. Allah's Messenger goes to Ta'if. He goes to Ta'if to invite people to embrace Islam. Now if somebody beats you up, it hurts. It physically hurts. If somebody beats you up, it hurts, regardless of how strong you are. But to add to that, the Messenger goes to Ta'if, and then what happened, happened when the children were throwing stones at him. So not only is it the case that the blood is pouring from his head because of how much physical abuse he is getting, but the people that are physically assaulting him are little children. Imagine outside in public, you're getting beaten up by little children. Physical pain, but then there's a pain of your soul. You're being humiliated. And the one that is being humiliated is the best thing ever created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The people of Ta'if, the dust that was in the hair of the nostrils of the Messenger والسلام, is better than the people of Ta'if. He is the best thing that was upon that land, yet they humiliated him. That is what you call ibtila. That is what you call problems in life. The Messenger heads towards Medina. And there, the Munafiqeen are waiting for him 
in Al Madina to sabotage his mission. He, alayhi salatu was salam, in one of the battles has a ring from his helmet plunged into his cheek. Can't pull it out. One of the companions has to pull the ring out using his teeth. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The messenger, alayhi salatu was, alayhi salatu was salam, he was mubtala. He was put to trial, put to test with problems in life more than any, any of us combined. Therefore, ya ikhwan, barakallahu feekum. Therefore, upon myself and upon yourselves is not to use problems in life as an excuse in becoming weak in the deen. The problems, they are inevitable. The problems, they come to you in order for you to show to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you're going to remain firm and established upon this deen. Because if you live life, if you live your life like that, righteously, then you will die righteously. Alhamdulillah. As-salatu was salamu ala Rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala wa ba'd. Among those things that aids a person in living a life that is righteous is seer al-saliheen, the biographies of those that have preceded you from the righteous people, starting from the prophets and the messengers, the companions and the imams of this religion. Some of us may say, I'm old in age now and I've lived a life of negligence I haven't been a good Muslim and therefore there's not much point this is Talbis Iblis this is deception of the devil regardless of what a person's done before in his life regardless of how bad your portfolio looks right now the Messenger said, Al-A'mal bil khawatim. Your end or your actions are judged upon your end. Your state, your hal, your condition is judged based upon your end. Your actions are based upon your end. How you're going to be when you die. So even if you've lived a life of heedlessness, what matters the most is how you're going to be when you die. So even if you've lived a life of fisk and fujur it doesn't matter the door of repentance is open for you the door of increasing and developing your relationship with Allah is open for you regardless of what you've done take for example the story of Fudayl ibn Iyad Fudayl ibn Iyad who was born approximately 100 odd years after the Messenger والسلام, Hijrah to al Madina in the area of Samarqand, which is modern-day Uzbekistan. Fudayl ibn Iyad was someone that was known to be a notorious criminal, a bandit, a highway robber. One, on one occasion, he was climbing over a wall. Why? He's climbing over this wall to go see his beloved, a woman. When he's climbing over the wall, he hears somebody reciting the Quran. They hear him, he hears him recite, Alam ya'ni lil ladina amanu. 
أن تخشع قلوبهم لذكر الله وما نزل من الحق Has the time not come for those who have iman that their hearts become humbled by the rem remembrance of Allah, the dhikr of Allah and the truth that he has revealed? Fudayl ibn Iyad, when he hears this ayah, he said, I wa rabbi qad an. Yes, my Lord, the time has now come. And so he stops climbing the wall. He turns away. He goes to this derelict area. It's at night time. And he sees some travelers there. And he overhears them talking. And they say, what shall we do? Shall we go and travel tonight or not? Because this is the area where Fudayl ibn Iyad is. Fudayl ibn Iyad, he then says to himself, I live. I live my, I, I, I spend the night sinning against the Lord while at the same time the believers, they are scared of me. Fudayl ibn Iyad, he then says to the people, you don't have to fear anything from Fudayl ibn Iyad anymore. And then he says, Rabbi inni tubtu ilayk. Oh my Lord, I have repented to you. Fudayl ibn Iyad, he then goes to Mecca and he starts devoting himself in worship to Allah in Mecca and because Mecca was a place of knowledge he attends the circles of knowledge until he becomes a man of knowledge rather Fudayl ibn Iyad he became the teacher of Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah ta'ala jami'an so the point is if he has a chance then you have a chance if Fudayl ibn Iyad had a chance to change his life I have a chance to change my life and you have a chance to change your life. Die righteously. You're going to die. There is no denial of that. You're going to die. Die righteously. How can you die righteously? By living life righteously. Allahumma aati nufusana taqwaha wa zakkiha anta khayru man zakkaha anta waliyuha wa maulaha wa sallallahumma ala nabiyina Muhammad والحمد لله رب العالمين وأقيم الصلاة